Eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, not at Blend Bar Cigar as we usually are. No, no, no. Uh, we have coronavirus. Okay, we don't have coronavirus, but each one of us was at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, where they announced somebody had coronavirus, and we have both now had experience with employers telling us, yeah, uh, you can't come to work. So we are in on separate patios, <laughs> each, each in our own backyard, doing the podcast. We have all reached the complete and total level of stupid. It's not that coronavirus is stupid. It's real. That's not a hoax. What is insane is that somebody at a conference with thousands of people had coronavirus and all of a sudden everyone's like, well, maybe you should take some time to yourself. <laughs> I thought you were going to say eat, drink, smoke, the quarantine edition. <laughs> I was that close. I was that close. And I apologize for not doing it. Now, we each have separate stories. We each have a cigar. We each have a, a drink. We're, we're doing it at the same time. So I don't know what you're drinking. I've got the old Forrester uh, bourbon, which is a standby for me in the house at 86 proof on, on a cube. Uh, and I am about to light up uh, another standby, which is the Rocky Patel uh, uh, Cameroon. This is the vintage 2003. I've always loved the Cameroon. It is. I have found more people who are love-hate with a Cameroon cigar and a Cameroon wrapper than anything out there. I don't get it. I love Cameroons. Uh, the CAO Cameroon, the Rocky Patel Cameroon, absolutely fantastic. Uh, you have got yourself a late hour, young man, and bravo. Yes. Uh, you know, Last week we did the show, and they were doing the whole cigar class and... Uh, the gentleman who was there from Davidoff just handed this w late Jeff hour to Stone. Me. Yeah. Jeff Stone. Yes, uh, and thank you, Mr. Stone. This is a fantastic it's a, uh, cigar. It's the late hour. It's a Churchill. Uh, and I lit that. And uh, we, we can get into my story in a minute, but uh, I picked the wrong time to be low on booze. <laughs> So what happened? Uh, so I'm I, uh, I forget I, coronavirus. Here's the real crisis in America, right? So uh, our good friend April D. Gregory had a friend who was uh, emptying uh, her liquor cabinet, and April gave me a ton of bottles. And so I'm drinking this coffee liqueur on the rocks. It's still early in the day. I think it's what called. The hell is wrong with you? Well, it's either that or I have a special bottle of uh, horse soldier bourbon that I still haven't opened. So I thought about that. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to save that. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to try this uh, coffee liqueur because I wanted coffee anyway. So I'm drinking. Uh, I think it's Camora coffee liqueur. And I'm OK. And I'm uh, teaming it with this uh, this Davidoff cigar and uh, the pairing. It, it's OK. I, I'm just hoping that as I drink this coffee liqueur, I don't sprout a vagina. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it works. <laughs> Wait, depending on how woke you are, that's not how it works. <laughs> Hashtag science. So here is is what has happened. And I don't know, Fingers, what you're allowed to tell in your story. Because your story is better than my story. Your story is gold. But I'm, I am I want to be protective of you, your gig, everything. So I don't know. I'll, I'll tell my story first. Okay. And then you can tell your story. So we were both at CPAC, which is uh, in the D.C. area. Uh, it's just outside a National Harbor in Maryland. It's a really cool spot to have a, a convention. And the Gaylord Hotel is, is beautiful, and they, they really do a great job with it. So thousands of people show up for this thing. I, I would argue tens of thousands, but I don't know how many thousands of people showed up. Well, there's one person 
one out of the thousands who, according to my sources, is, is a grown man, 55, out of New Jersey, who tested positive, was feeling ill during the conference, Ugh. tested positive for coronavirus. We don't know who it is. We know that both the president and the vice president were there, and, and already they, they, this person never had any contact with them. And they were never in something called the main hall. So they have this whole exhibit hall where there are groups and organizations, and they've got you know someone selling a T-shirt, and, and all sorts of stuff is going on. I haven't been in the main hall in five years. Right. Because where, where Fingers and I are, we're, we're doing work. We're set up on Radio Row. We're doing interviews. We're either doing the interview or we're being interviewed. And, and we've worked hard at this. Yeah, we, we've been doing this for a long time. And so and, and we're hanging out there, and it's either that or it's in the lobby bar, which I forget the name of it. I want to say it's the Belvedere. But yes, I, don't I, the I name believe it. it's the Belvedere. You're correct. Right. Or, or we're, we're down the road a little bit at this Irish bar that allows you to smoke cigars outside. And the I Irish Whisper. Many, is that what it's called? I believe so, yes. I just know it's the place at the, at the corner. That's all I knew. <laughs> I'm not looking at names. So we don't know who this guy is. All I know is that the people that supposedly this guy associated with are certainly people that I shook the hands of. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I can go with it. Since I don't know the person, I don't know if they were on Radio Row, I don't know if I did an interview, I don't know if I shook their hand. I don't know who they are. But the people associated with, I know those people. I definitely shook their hand and, and spoke to them. So this comes across on a Saturday. And it's like, son of a gun. I have, I have program directors where my radio show is on uh, across the country texting me, hey, cats, <laughs> just so you know. I'm like, thank you. I'd already spoken with my program director. Everyone wants to and, be the guy that breaks the news. Right, exactly. It's all you want. Who, who cares about being right as long as you're first? <laughs> and so I, I, I had already contacted my program director. I'm like, uh, yeah, so this happened. He go, and he said, yeah, I saw the. The, the tweet from, from CPAC, from the American Conservative Union, and we're like, okay, I'll see you Monday. <laughs> well, that was, that was Saturday. Uh -huh. And I had, just for the record, I just spent two days with my program director at an event in Cincinnati. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm, I went about my life. Right. CPAC was a week ago. I'm, I've got other things to do. We spent a week, uh, the, two days together at this, at this radio conference in Cincinnati. I had actually brought with me hand sanitizer that I put on every table for the conference. <laughs> and it and literally the bottle said, keep your station healthy with a daily dose of Tony. <laughs> I kid you not. That is the label I made. It's, nice. Uh, it had a website, phone number, you know, we're, we're building a show and their program tech is there. I'm doing my job. I'm marketing. And they actually gave me a shout out at this thing. Thank you for the hand sanitizer. And the place cheered for me. <laughs> True story. Saturday, I call my program director. He's like, okay, I'll see you Monday. This morning, just a few hours ago, I get a phone call. Yeah, so, um, yeah, um, yeah, you're not, you're, you're, you're not coming in. Was it from the station or was it from the law offices of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe? So it was my <laughs> program director okay. who had spoken to higher-ups who have decided the best thing to do <laughs> at this moment, at this juncture is uh, you should do the show from home. Literally, they sent one of the engineers to my house with the extra equipment I needed to be able to do the show from home. Was he, was he wearing a mask? No! <laughs> he, he, he was not. He's like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can't believe it's happening. Now, 
full disclosure, uh, right? So the morning show that I do and, and the midday show and, and for, for lack of a better word, my backbone to doing the syndicated stuff is MS Communications here in Indianapolis. I don't hold a single ounce of ill will towards MS. I don't actually think that they're wrong. So many groups, so many organizations, so many companies out there are trying to figure out what to do. And I got to assume, although I did not have this conversation with them, they're worried about the legal. Right. They're worried about everything. You know, as I have read it, right? So, I mean, it's, it's hard to do numbers. And I don't want to give out numbers because it's a podcast. The numbers, the numbers change. Radio is for the immediacy of numbers. Podcast is not, not for it. But you've got over 100,000 cases worldwide. Mm-hmm. What they won't tell you is that, like, of the 110,000 cases that are out there, 61,000 of those people are fully recovered. Right. They won't tell you that the people who are dying are people over 80. When you take a look at Washington State, that was it started in a nursing home. Yes, those people are already compromised in every kind of way. I am not surprised. I don't want this for them, but I'm not surprised. Younger people are not dying. Younger people aren't even getting sick. And younger people, whether it be I consider myself in that world or actual youth, they're not getting sick at all. That's not the way it's, it's, it's going down. I don't blame my radio company, I don't blame MS for saying, uh, let's figure this out. The incubation period, as I've read it, is 24 days. Oh, good God. So anything and everything is possible. But the panic is criminally insane. People are acting ridiculous. And media is acting ridiculous. And politicos are acting ridiculous. Jay Inslee is the governor of Washington State. He was on uh, CBS uh, Sunday morning this morning. Right. Uh, whatever they call the, the, the show there with, with Margaret Brennan, who I think does a, a great job. Swap shop. And he's, I think they call it. What do they call it? Swap shop. Right. Right. That or top chef. <laughs> so he is complimentary of the administration and he hates the administration. Trump called him a snake and he's like, I'm not going to get into the name calling. I don't care. Pence has been good to work with. We're getting help. We just need more of this and more of that. Then they have Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut on. Well, you see, the problem is Trump didn't act fast enough. Trump called it a hoax. Trump did this, which are all lies all the way around the board. And was he challenged on that take? What was that? Was he challenged on that take? Uh, Not really. Of course not. Not really. You know, what what Brennan said is that the president disagrees with that characterization. But then she went on to to the next question. and, and we'll, we'll get into the whole, whole hoax thing. But people are desperate to politicize this. They want to use this as a way to win elections, which is sick. But I, I question, like, like, I don't blame Emmis for, for, for having this point of view. But do people think I'm supposed to now, because I was at a place, I'm supposed to self-quarantine? It could have happened at the local supermarket. I also took a plane there and a plane back. People take plane rides all the time. Right. You know, who knows who I've met, encountered, what have you. And, and by the way, who knows not only who you fingers, but everybody listening. Everybody's a part of this. Who knows how many people they encountered? So this idea of self-quarantine, which is meant to kind of, you know, prevent the idea of, of, of spread because you, you limit your interaction. So therefore you limit the spread of the thing. How in the world does a society function if everybody is self-quarantining for three or four weeks? I don't, so I don't have an answer for that question. I don't have an answer for it, but uh, I can push back on this narrative that it's not being taken seriously by government officials, if you'd like. If you want now, me to whip okay. into my story. 
I'm desperate for you, but I I only want to go first because we had not discussed this beforehand. Right. And I wanted to make sure you were okay. Dude, all yours. Okay. So here's the situation. I don't talk much about my background uh, on this show. Uh, but I also host a, a radio show in Ann Arbor uh, on Wham Talk sixteen hundred AM, and fantastic show. Yeah, it, thank you. And it's a weekend show. And being that I am based in Indianapolis, I record the show from my home studio, so I don't have the challenge of of having to go into a studio and deal with the folks at the station. Right. Worried about the coronavirus. Uh, I found out you know there's always someone like you said that has to break the news to you so i'm walking around uh shopping for a sofa saturday night oh (laughs) yeah look at you i know how to party Sofa shopping on a saturday night that's Mm -hmm. you're you're a party man and a little bit of anecdotal uh background to that story I, i will say this i went to a store called weekends only and if you can get the hint from the the name of the store they're only open on weekends so I'm out at 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, and the place was dead. And I'd been there a month ago, and the place was wall-to-wall, packed with people. So it is affecting people's behavior. People, in my mind, the three furniture stores, all three of them, mid-Saturday afternoon, they were all dead. There was nobody out at these stores. And the salesmen were very kind not to try to shake your hand. There was no handshaking. So I'm out, okay. I'm out and about, and uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Terry Kristoff, who is also at CPAC, uh, hit me up, and she hosts a, a podcast called The Smart Girl Podcast, and she said, hey, did you hear the, the good news? Uh, someone at CPAC had the coronavirus. And, you know, I, you and I talked about this beforehand. We, we knew going in that this was probably going to happen. I mean, you've got 20,000 people over four days showing up at a conference, and it's in D.C. Who knows uh, how many people... In that we're in China, not too long ago. A lot of travel, right? And people from all over the country. So there was a good possibility this was going to happen. So immediately, um, I'm starting to get the symptoms of the coronavirus <laughs> within a half an hour. <laughs> I'm giving myself mentally the coronavirus. So I, I I thought to myself, okay, I had a colonoscopy scheduled for Monday. This is Saturday night. Okay, uh, we're recording this show Sunday. Uh, so Saturday night, I thought to myself, I should contact someone to be courteous, to say, listen, should I come in? I don't want, if by uh, on a uh, really a remote chance that I pick this virus up, I don't want to expose medical staff to this. Uh, plus, I didn't want to go through everything you have to go through the day before. <laughs> to get prepped for a colonoscopy only you know the first question now at every doctor's visit um any procedure that you're going to have done one of the first questions they're going to ask you is do you think you may have been exposed to the coronavirus oh well first of all uh yeah of course they are if you go to a doctor's office a month ago the questions they say have you been out of the country in the last 30 days have you developed a cough? Mm-hmm. These are the questions that they always ask. Yeah, the follow-up is going to be, do you think you were in contact with anybody with coronavirus? And and, and I, I couldn't even answer that question, honestly, just because they reported it doesn't mean I was in contact with, so right. I don't know how to answer it. So I, I get home from my uh, delightful trip, uh, furniture shopping, and I thought, well, I have to call somebody just to ask the question. So my little health network here in central Indiana, I got on their website because obviously Saturday night, the the doctor's office, no one's going to get a message from me until probably about 10 minutes before I'm supposed to show up for the colonoscopy. Right. They have a coronavirus hotline 
If you oh, have, holy hell. If you have any questions about the coronavirus, if you think you may have been exposed, yada, yada, yada. Well, this doctor is part of that network. So I called the, the hotline and I explained the situation that I was at this conference in Washington, D.C. The conference, uh, the, the people who run the conference have notified attendees that one person who was at the conference tested positive for the coronavirus. And told her I had a colonoscopy on Monday. Should I, should I get a hold? Can you get a hold of someone to find out if I should postpone it? And I, I'm telling you, it was like go time for this woman. I don't know if she's gotten many phone calls, but the wheels started in motion from that point on. So listen to this. She she gets she puts me on hold, and I thought to myself, okay, she's going to get a hold of whoever she needs to get a hold of to at least postpone this and say, okay, maybe uh, we should wait a couple of weeks to make sure that no symptoms uh, appear. She call she she gets back on the line. And she said, "Well, listen, we talked uh, to uh, the higher ups here in the hospital network, and we believe that yes, you should cancel the appointment. We're going to handle that for you, and uh, you need to self quarantine for seven days. Don't leave the house <laughs> if you have." So basically. <laughs> She she hears you saying uh, you're near somebody possibly who might have coronavirus. And like Giovanni Ribisi in Boiler Room, <laughs> she's put you on hold. She stands up and yells, Recco! <laughs> Vin Diesel starts running for the phone for his life. Yeah. I'm telling you what. I'm imagining Dustin Hoffman <laughs> showing up at my door now with the suit. And uh, so get th- so this gets better. So she said, you have to lock yourself in a room for seven days. Avoid, she actually said that? Yes. Avoid, Wait, she said you have to lock yourself in a room? Yeah. yeah. Avoid family. Uh, <laughs> preferably lock yourself in a room with an adjoining bathroom. You are not to have any contact with anyone, which is why when we started talking about doing this, even though you and I both went to the same conference i i said well maybe i need to stay here and that's why i'm out on my deck next to the room i'm supposed to be locked in right now so i said listen i've got obligations um i can't just call my employer and say hey by the way i'm not going to be in for a week she goes don't worry i'm gonna give you documentation so i've got a letter stating that i am not to leave the house until saturday i believe it's the what are the 14th all right, this is ridiculous. Well, it gets it gets better. So I get a call this morning from an infectious doctor uh, a specialist. You, and, from an infectious disease doctor? Yeah, an infectious, an infectious disease doctor. And he, he said, hey, uh, we're going to be checking in with you for the next few days. Uh, I've contacted the county health department and told them about you. Oh no! Yeah. So get the, so here's the thing. I, I mean, originally I've oh. talked to other people like you, and others that you know are who haven't had uh you know their employer say stay home, and they're like, are you are you are you going to follow all this? Are you going to follow these these recommendations? I said, well, listen. Now, the county health department has my name. They have record <laughs> of telling me that I need to self quarantine. So I'm in a situation where if I do decide I'm going to go around in the public and then, God forbid, I have this thing, then I'm a headline 
Jerk who was told to self-quarantine ignores these recommendations and infects uh, or, or exposes thousands of people to the coronavirus. So- and this is why I am allowing MS, my, my radio company, to do what it is they want to do. There's, because, you know, wh- I, I, I'm going on air tomorrow. Yeah. And of course I'm going to tell people what happened. Of course it's going to be a story. They're going to write about it. They're going to go to MS for comments on it. These people have got to be ready. Are you kidding? So I was all about, like, I was going to you know, go out with the family today. It's a gorgeous day here in Indianapolis. It's, it's 60 degrees. It's, it, there's not a cloud in the sky. It is the epic kind of be outside day. And we're like, no, because someone's going to see me. And they're going to know I was at CPAC. Right. And the next thing you know, I'm that guy. Yeah. Right, you're and that, it's going to make front page news over here. You're that conservative who denies science. <laughs> you're going to go exactly. rogue. Exactly. So I have been told. So I had this delightful conversation with this doctor, and he and and listen, the people in this health network couldn't have been kinder. They couldn't have kissed my ass more for letting them know that this was going on. He said, I'm glad that you did this because most people wouldn't. And this is how we're going to do our best to keep the effects of the coronavirus in Indiana at a minimum If more people step up and say, hey, I I know I may have been (laughs) exposed to this and uh, couldn't have been nicer. But then he gave me instructions on if I feel sick and what I need to do. Are you ready for this? Right. Oh, no. So he's, no, I'm not. He said, uh, here's the number, special number you need to call. If 1-900. You, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a special number that I need to call if I develop symptoms, if I'm getting a, you know, a fever, runny nose, if I'm having respiratory problems. Right. I call this number. I get myself to the hospital, a specific hospital in Indianapolis. They will meet me in the parking lot. Of the hospital, a special staff who will hand me a mask and they will escort me into a wing of the hospital that they are dedicating to the coronavirus. They will immediately set your car on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't mean to laugh at this. This is serious stuff. But I, I told the doctor, I said, you do realize, and I, to- I, you know, I told him about the conference. I said, there were thousands of people there. There was one Will person. you be deloused like you're entering a Chinese <laughs> prison camp? Well, I'm looking forward to the Silkwood-esque shower they're going to give me when I go in there, <laughs> which is one of my fetishes. But that's, behind, that's beside the point. Yeah. Finger SpaceX. <laughs> so I'm listening to all this, and I'm thinking, we were at this conference with thousands of people. And I'm the schmuck who tried to do the right thing. They're just walking around acting like, hey, this this could be uh, just a cold for me. You know, it, it may be right. flu-like symptoms, but I'm going to be, I'm going to take extra precautions. I mean, I did at CPAC. I was on Radio Row, like you said. I was hitting the hand sanitizer. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad situation to be in because you're there, it, you're, you're, covering it as a member of the media but you're also trying to network with people you're trying to expand your reach maybe get a gig here and there uh and so you're shaking hands you're networking and the whole time you you have to in the back of your mind think well maybe i shouldn't be shaking this person's hand uh, let me get this hand sanitizer out so i did all the right things at the conference right but uh, here you, I, i'm in a situation where i've now got my name with the public health department that i'm supposed to be in the house for seven days and meanwhile uh, most of our uh, colleagues are walking around being 
careful, but they aren't in lockdown for the next seven days. Now, so, here's the wonderful irony. And and I didn't know. I, I That's uh, – oh, my God. The wonderful irony is, is that at this conference – and by the way, here in Indiana, there's another case. It's the second case of coronavirus that got announced. They These people were at a, a Biogen conference in Boston. So, yeah, of course, no one is surprised. A large gathering of people, right? Wash your hands, and that's all there is to it. Uh, really, in the main, that is really all you can do is, is wash your hands and, 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 and be safe. But at CPAC, year after year, every, after, this, after CPAC is over, people very often get sick, and it is joked about as the CPAC plague. Right. And people get sick all the time because they're around so many people, and they're, they're, they don't take care of themselves. They party a little too much. They drink a little too much. They stay out a little too late. They're, they get themselves a touch in, in that way, run down. And they're not washing their hands like they need to. And they get sick. This is a standard operating thing that happens at CPAC time and time again. They, they have a name for it, the CPAC plague. Yes. So that this is now a thing. It's like, have you not met these people for the past decade? <laughs> this, this has been going on for forever. Uh, now, uh, three parts to, to, to your story. First, no one here is anti-science. Of course, coronavirus is real. And of course, Donald Trump didn't say it was a hoax. He said the idea that the administration wasn't doing anything about it was the hoax, that, that the media perpetuating that story was a hoax. And it, it really and truly is. It's the same hoax that they tell about how uh, Vice President Mike Pence, when he was Governor Pence of Indiana, bungled the HIV outbreak in southern Indiana. It's not true. I mean, it's really not true when you talk to doctors uh, uh, about it. If you want to argue that he could have, you know, responded two weeks earlier, you can make that call if you choose. You can you can ha- you can make that argument and 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 have that discussion. But bungled it would mean that he was supposed to send everybody medicine and he sent them Fruit Loops, right? Right. That's bungling, and none of that happened at all. And he engaged needle exchange, which is something he didn't believe in uh, whatsoever. And people utilize Indiana during it was 2014, 2015, utilized it as a model. Doctors referred to it as a model. Dr. Drew Pinsky, you know, the famous Dr. Drew, Loveline Dr. Drew, actual medical doctor, said that it was part of the, that response is what made him feel comfortable about voting for Trump because he thought Pence was competent and qualified. <laughs> so this idea of hoax is just garbage stuff and knock it right out of right out of your head. Well, but Tony, when we here's the thing about the, that whole narrative. The story I just told. Now, who knows how much of this was sent down from the federal level, but I don't think that anyone who just listened to that could honestly say it's not being taken seriously by at least local health officials and you know local uh, the, the the local uh, physicians and and hospitals. I, I'm I was at a conference with twenty thousand people. One person tested positive and they they said you're staying in your house for seven days it's being taken seriously i get get your point what i don't uh, approve of and i'm not about to buy into is the insane levels of panic that people want to get into right why is there a run on toilet paper why (laughs) coronavirus doesn't make you go to the bathroom or or lose yourself. It's an upper respiratory infection, which is part of the SARS family or the MERS family, which was Middle East respiratory syndrome. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's shortness of breath. It is fever like, like the flu. It, it is a cough. Those are the symptoms and nothing having to do 
with, with how you go to the bathroom. But there are runs on toilet paper. There are runs on paper products. There are runs on – you can't fa- find hand sanitizer in central Indiana. If you, you can, they're scalping it. it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you're going to see guys on the street with trench coats with bottles of hand sanitizer. Hey, 15 bucks. 15 bucks. You want some hand sanitizer? Right. That's oh, that, and That's a pump, by the way. That's a pump. <laughs> right? Like selling loose cigarettes. They're going to be selling loose pumps. <laughs> right. On the streets of Indy and every other city. Um, it's, that's the part that I object to. When the NBA, uh, you know, because when they announced the case here in Indiana, and I have a second case, it was uh, the Pacers, the Indiana Pacers saying, listen, games go on as normal here, and here's what we want people to do, and here's what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron James has said, if you, if you tell the fans they can't come, I'm not playing. I play for the fans, right? right? Now, I understand that that's a bit of marketing for him, but I would say that the larger scale conversation is um, – at what moment do you let the fans back? What happen- Let's say you decide not to allow fans in, as the NCAA may very well be doing uh, as March Madness starts. Well, when you allow the fans back in and somebody gets sick, somebody gets coronavirus, now you're the people who let the fans back in because you wanted the money? Right. Or whatever it is someone decides to tell the meme about? How do you, how do you judge that? This is why I don't think it's, a, it's worthwhile to be saying no fans, to be saying no groups. That's not the way the world works. However, if you are sick, I am absolutely in favor of you staying away from people and not going to work. That makes logical, rational sense, right? I'm not crazy. These are two different things we're talking about. Right. It's it's interesting because they obviously they still want the games to go on because – the, the television contracts are so huge and the advertising okay. revenue. And by the way, you're going to have a lot more eyes watching the TV if everybody's locked up in their homes. You know, so they, they want to be able to still have some sort of business as usual going on. But there have been instances. There was, a, I believe it was a baseball game that they played the one or two days after 9 11, and it was in an empty stadium. And the vibe during a game in an empty it's just strange it's strange to see but you're you're correct there's some some of this is you you cya territory where you you don't know when they're going to say okay it's okay for the crowds to come back but they have to be constantly worried that if we especially if you acknowledge okay we stopped letting fans in because of this potential uh, outbreak spreading further this pandemic but when they do let people in, someone's going to get sick. This is this, yes. So, uh, are you going to be legally and they don't and they don't stop and they don't stop people from coming in for the flu. Now, the flu has a lower mortality rate. I'm using, for lack of a better word here. All right, not claiming to be a doctor or a scientist. I'm using mortality rate. So, when you talk about the flu, you're talking about basically less than one percent. When we're talking about coronavirus right now, we're in the 3.2-3.4% range. Admittedly, that is high for one of these things. But so many more people get the flu, and the flu kills people of all age groups. It is a much more dangerous thing to, to get than, uh, than is to get coronavirus. And full disclosure, I don't get flu shots. I've never gotten a flu shot. The rest of the family does get flu shots because that is – my wife and I see it differently, and I'm not about to tell her. Uh, you know, don't do that for the kids. If, if, if you feel more comfortable this way, 
I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going to argue it with you. It's just I feel better not having it done for myself. Full disclosure: I haven't gotten the flu in more than a decade. Nice. So, so I, I feel fine about my decision. Um, it, it is that we. How many people out there have TB, tuberculosis? Mm-hmm. How many people have things you never heard of? You sh- you shake a lot of hands. You see a lot of people. You touch a lot of things. Uh, and and that we're going to lose our face. And get into this level of madness over this. That's the part that that I you lose me on. Well, that's it, th- saying that if someone's sick, don't go to work is not only smart and prudent, but I'm glad it's being said very loudly by lots of people. Well, and here's the, the question I had, and they had to break this down for me. I don't get too much into my personal life, but I have family in this house, and I've got a couple of kids. And I said, well, what should my kids do? Should my kids go to school? Uh, and they said, listen, um, it's fine for them to go to school because you're not showing any symptoms. So it's almost like a, a two degrees of separation, you know? Yep. Uh, so, and, and I think that's, that's wise, but I had to tell the kids, listen, you cannot tell. I don't want you to tell your friends because everyone is so panicked about this right now. And I, listen, I, I haven't had the flu in several years. Uh, and I, well, it's a different virus. I, I'm not saying that it's not. I don't get sick very often. I feel fine right now, other than from time to time, I'm telling myself I have this. You know, I'm like, oh, was that a scratch in my throat? <laughs> you know, I, I'm the worst hypochondriac. I, I, could, I could talk myself into having endometriosis. That's how bad I am when it comes to this. Okay. So I, I'm telling you, I was walking around last night, a half hour after Terry broke the news to me that the, this person at CPAC was tested positive. And I was walking around going, oh, am I, uh, am I having difficulty? Am, am I short of breath right now? What? <laughs> I'm just like, right. And I was like, okay, stop it. Just stop. But, <laughs> but it's it, the, the panic. I, you know, we've talked about this on previous Eat, Drink, Smokes. I, the panic is going to be, you know, unbelievable when it comes to this and we've seen it i like like you said there there, there's been footage of costco's in california where there have been runs on toilet paper and paper towel i have a buddy in san antonio where they had a confirmed case last week same thing he went to costco and there were no the the toilet paper and the paper towels were completely wiped out gone and people are fighting over them they're fighting over them fighting over over paper towels. What's the and part of the problem is social media. We talked about this last week. Is we have millions of pandemic experts now on social media, right? And they're posting videos of the panic, and that's just generating more panic. And of course, the media. Uh, you know, there are some good journalists out there, and there are a lot of lazy journalists who just will, will report on social media reaction to whether it's politics or a, 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 a an actor making a comment, or in this case, the coronavirus, where they'll they'll report the panic of a video being shown of, of panic in a different city, and it may not even have anything to do with the coronavirus. It could be a three year old video, but if someone posts it on there saying, "Oh my gosh, this just happened." It, it spreads like wildfire. So I, really, people need to to be smart, wash your hands, uh, you know, maybe distance yourself from people for a while. Uh, but you, you got to live your lives, but just be careful and not panic and not run to the store acting like this is the apocalypse. And here's where it gets, uh, I think, a little more uh, problematic in a way. I don't disagree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Panic helps no one. It helps nothing. Absolutely zero. As we are discussing this, 
Today is the day that Italy decided to quarantine 16 million people in northern Italy. Yeah. So now, be the guy who tells people not to panic. Right. How do you, it's, it's, we're having the rational conversation, the good conversation. There is a science, there is something happening. It, it, it is possible to keep yourself uh, as safe or as safe as possible. You certainly, uh, there are questions to be asked about, you know, the, as you talk about the, sec- the degrees of separation. I want to get into that in a second because your conversation about kids is my conversations about kids is a conversation about schools. But when Italy decides they're going to quarantine a quarter of the nation, not just geographically, but in population. Well, holy hell, man, people are going to freak. And what it has an effect on, we've already seen the effects on the markets where they've had these crazy downswings uh, and then they've had crazy upswings. We are seeing in, in real life, and we've talked about this, supply chains. Now, this is real and it cannot be denied. There are going to be economic issues left and right. So first, there's the conversation about getting product from, let's say, China which I think is an opportunity for us to do divesting out of China, if you will, and more investing into manufacturing in the United States and other nations to be able to ensure supply chains continue because it's not that diseases seem to start in China. It's that China lies about the disease. The desperation of the Politburo, the desperation of the Communist Party to be able to have control and to be able to prove to their people that they're in charge involves being able to handle these things. So they lie about the numbers. Everybody says they're lying about the numbers of cases. They're lying about how they've handled this. They're lying that that there are journalists who have absolutely been thrown into quote-unquote medical quarantine because they've been reporting just on what's happening, not even taking a position, just showing what's actually happening. So China can't be trusted. Iran can't be trusted with their numbers. The cases in South Korea are through the roof to the point where even the vice president is talking about limiting or eliminating travel to uh, South Korea, to Italy. The travel business has been – so decimated means by 10 percent. It's worse than that. Travel has been destroyed. Airlines are expecting losses of $113 billion or more. The CEO of Southwest has referred to it as having that 9-11 kind of feel yeah. where nobody's traveling. The hotels are empty. I'm scheduled to take uh, a trip to Israel uh, in, in the summer. I don't know if that trip is still on or not. I certainly hope it is for the sake of me and, and my family and the something that we've been planning for a year now uh, to, to, to go do. And uh, I only hope I'm able to because, you know, I, I didn't pay for it on a on a credit card, right? Cause I don't have, I don't use credit cards. What I've learned from this is that you have to use credit cards yeah. because that way you absolutely have the, the travel insurance. So if something goes wrong, you can get your money back. Right. So we actually applied for a credit card, got it, but applied for a credit <laughs> card. It's the first credit card I've had, uh, since, uh, since I lost everything, 2009, 2010. So t- 10 years later, I, I got a credit card. Uh, cause I, I said, if I don't have cash, I don't buy the thing. But I use the credit card as a way, as a tool, and then pay it off at the end of each month. Right. So I still don't do anything on credit. I still do it if, if I have the money, but I utilize the value of the credit card. And I, so I didn't go with points. I went with cash back. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, and I'm doing one for, for the business as, as well because I was doing it the same way. I use my business card, right, which is, comes out of the, uh, of the account, but I haven't used a, a business credit card. Well, now, okay, I'll, you, you've taught me, world. I'll, I'll do it your way. And, that, <laughs> and that's, that, that, that's fine by me. These things are all real. We've already seen convention loss in Indianapolis. There are going to be convention losses all over the country. And I'm getting into a place where I'm, I'm trying to encourage people 
to go spend local. Right. Go buy local in a big way. If, if I were to look at silver lining of this economic where people aren't going and they're not traveling, they're not doing this, not doing that. Maybe the, the, the silver lining is that more people are going to stay home. They're not going to spend, and maybe they're going to pay down some of their debt structure. Maybe they're going to increase some of their savings. Now that does not help GDP. That doesn't help growth. And the February jobs numbers, uh, they expected 175,000 jobs in right. the month of February. They got 273,000. I mean, that's that's more than just beating expectations. That's people not understanding how fast things are growing and how many jobs are out there and how many things are pushing. 273 versus 175 is astronomical in in the level of, of exceeding the expectation. I don't know if that's going to be the case in March. And certainly in February, there were already worries about coronavirus and, and, and what can happen. But if I could see people gaining a little bit of savings... Because there's this whole story out there that there's a there's a great mass number of Americans who it, they it, they are one paycheck away from being homeless, right? Mm-hmm. One paycheck away from being out. They one one massive car bill and they are sunk. And that that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, that's awful for a society, you know. Uh, and and it, it it comes from this idea that you got to have the newest this, you got to have the newest that, you got to buy to. To, to, to feel like you're, you're a person. I think there's, there is a massive amount of psychology uh, about that, much more than there is a problem with jobs and, and wage gap and, and things like that. I, I, there's a tremendous number, uh, there's a tremendous question to be asked about personal responsibility in this case and in this space. But I'm hoping that if there is a silver lining, that the savings will increase. Again, awful for, for GDP. But when you take a look, but it's, but it's good for people. And when you take a look at these conventions canceling, this is just the beginning, man. This is going to go through the people. Hey, we don't want people showing up to, to these games. Hey, we're canceling this convention. Uh, there is a convention in Ohio, Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. It's a bodybuilding conference that was canceled as people were showing up. Oh, boy. They were showing up. And well, then Arnold's like, yeah, we can't have this canceled. The silver lining out of there. All the food they had put together for this conference, they shipped down to Nashville to feed first responders oh, nice. who have been dealing with the, with the tornadoes. 24, 25 people dead. More people are dead in the United States from tornadoes in Nashville, in the Nashville area, than from coronavirus. Right. Well, I, ain't nobody talking about it. I, I agree with you that if there is a silver lining that maybe people will kind of abandon this notion of keeping up with the joneses like you said i like i got an iphone 7 i would love to go get an iphone 11 but my my phone's fine i don't need a new phone i don't need to keep up with everyone uh but i think that your attitude about your trip to israel uh is the right one to have i'm seeing people who are canceling trips in july and august and listen everybody has their own uh, individual situations and maybe with cancellation policies, they have to do that. But I think you need to take kind of a wait and see attitude with this stuff. I, my next travel uh, schedule that, that that's that's popping up for me is I've got a little thing that I do in Austin, Texas in September. I'm not going to cancel that right now. I mean, I, who knows what's going to happen over the next few months? Maybe people will take a step back and not necessarily like we we talked about earlier like in my situation where i have to self-quarantine but maybe people will be more vigilant about washing their hands and uh, limiting their their 
um, interactions with the public, and maybe this won't spread as quickly as what people are are saying right now. And and maybe come July, August, people will feel a little bit better about traveling. So I think it is wise to kind of take a step back, take a breath, and say, okay, let's see how this unfolds over the next month or two before we start altering all of our plans throughout the entire year. Yeah. So, uh, so we're on separate decks, as we said. I am smoking uh, the Rocky Patel Vintage 2003 Cameroon. So the, the Cameroon is a Cameroon wrapper. It's a Nicaraguan binder. The filler is Nicaraguan and Dominican. So there is a touch of spice, but it's actually rather faint. It's, uh, there's a wonderful creaminess, uh, almost a caramel kind of sweetness that comes uh, from this cigar. When I tell you this is one of my favorites, it's just something that works I don't know why it is that works on the palate. I wouldn't say it's a highly complex cigar. It's just a wonderfully enjoyable cigar. I'm doing it with the old Forester uh, here because I figure if, if I have coronavirus, the old Forester will knock it out because that's really science, people. That's what that's what bourbon will do for you. <laughs> Someone's going to yell at me. Um, but I, I, this cigar, which comes in in a in a bunch of of different. Uh, uh, shape. So this one is a six and a half by 52. This is the Toro. So six and a half, first of the facts, it's six and a half inches long. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And the ring gauge is 52. So that's how thick it is around. Tee-hee. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, so it's based on the idea of 64 is a full inch around. So uh, I like in the 50, 52, 54 because uh, I don't I don't find it to be too big. It has a better mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Tee-hee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also like Lanceros, which are more in that 38 kind of ring gauge because you get more of the wrapper flavor and, and the wrappers where a lot of that uh, flavor is. The cigar is just wonderful. And and uh, listen, I have found this cigar for $13 and I have found this cigar for $18 and I have found this cigar for $9. I find the pricing on it sometimes all over the map. I just love what it does. And you're with uh, – so with the Churchill – it's from Davidoff and Churchill is, is the – the type of cigar you're not smoking a Churchill size. You're more no the Toro size. There, it's a Toro. Yo, it is a Toro. Yeah, and it's uh, the, the description of this late hour. Um, it's uh, the wrapper is Dominican with uh, Nicaraguan Nicaraguan tobaccos, and uh, it's been further aged in the finest Scotch single malt whiskey casks. Uh, I, the okay. late hour, the late hour is tremendous, man. I'm telling you, I'm really enjoying this. And listen, I love our home over at Blend Bar Cigar. Um, I'm not saying that we should try to do this every week this way, because I also like the fact that we can kind of look at each other and, and play off each other as far as you know cues and stuff. Um, but being outside on a nice spring day like this, with the, I mean, the sun is shining. I can hear birds chirping uh, on your mic. I don't know if you could hear the neighbor uh, boy screaming in the background on my deck. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all in all, this is a delight. It's a beautiful spring day, and we're we're doing this outside, and this doesn't suck. Well, the neighbor boy was is is screaming because he's running away from your house, where That's he just right. painted a huge huge scarlet C <laughs> on your garage door, so everybody knows. Uh, uh, to, did, did, to stay away. Did you happen to see uh, the Babylon Bee? Uh, <laughs> post about the coronavirus the, the satirical website no i haven't they said uh, they, people were uh putting chick-fil-a sauce around their door to make sure that the coronavirus passed as i mean it's the new passover <laughs> chick-fil-a sauce 
Now, the thing about the health department, I got to tell you, I'm getting that call tomorrow. And if I don't, nothing makes sense. If I announce on the radio what's going on and what I'm doing, don't they call me? I would don't think. they make the same demand of me about the quarantine and everything else? I would think so. Yeah. I've had to cancel two meetings this week already. Um, there was somebody who was flying in who canceled uh, because, because of this. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite incredible uh, where, how this is all kind of, of playing out. This brings up, we were talking about the media side of this. I wanted to share this story with you. MSNBC, uh, they have got a, a contributor by the name of uh, Gaud. G-A-U-D-E. And he said this on coronavirus. This may be Donald Trump's Katrina. (sighs) To which Nicole Wallace of MSNBC said, let's just lean into that for a minute. This has the making structurally of the same kind of moment. Do you know how much media hates Donald Trump? Now, I'm not asking you about your politics, everybody. That is completely inconsequential. Your politics don't matter here. What matters here is if you're comparing this to Katrina, that's that's about fetish. You want things to be bad so you can beat Donald Trump and win an election. You want people to be sick. You want people to be hurt. Possibly you want people to die. I'm not making that up. They're the ones saying the thing. Why shouldn't I notice? No, you have to. And we've brought this up previously when it comes to a mass shooting where you you would hope in a, a just society, in a just political uh, environment, that we w- don't make everything political. But that's not where we are in 2020. Everything has to be political. And if you are someone on the left and you you don't like this president, there are so many other things you could try to point out. I It, it just... This is another example when people talk about if there's some huge event, some awful event that maybe we could unite the country. This country will never be united again because everything is political now. And there are other things you can criticize President Trump on if you're from the left. It would just be nice if if something like this happens that we could just leave this one out of politics. But it's impossible. They they can't help themselves. So um, a guy by the name of Yossi uh, Gestentner, G-E-S-T-E-T-N-E-R. Um, he does a commentary on um, U.S. politics and economics. I don't know the dude personally. Um, but he's talking about on Twitter and has a whole thread that a few weeks before coronavirus had spread to other countries, right? It was, it's, it was all China. Uh, the Trump administration announced travel restrictions on China. And he goes through how people responded. So here was Politico on February 4th. The Trump administration's quarantine and travel ban in response to the Wuhan coronavirus could undercut international efforts to fight the outbreak by antagonizing Chinese leaders. (laughs) Then he quotes a World Health Organization chief uh, saying that widespread travel bans and restrictions weren't needed to stop the outbreak and could, quote, have the effect of increasing fear and stigma with little public health benefit right uh then another thing that that politico was was talking about um then uh there is uh a representative a democratic representative uh ami barra 
um, who represents uh, Sacramento area, the California 7th. And he is an MD. He's an MD, but he's a Democrat um, opposing uh, the steps of the Trump administration, saying we shouldn't have an antagonistic relationship with the Chinese. We should be working hand in hand. And the diplomatic blowback uh, probably makes the travel ban uh, un- unsuccessful. This is the kind this is the kind of complete and total madness that President Trump is talking about when he talks about the idea of the hoax that the administration didn't move fast enough. Again, this isn't about your politics. This is the data. This is where we're at. And Politico, which was talking about this a month ago, saying we shouldn't have travel bans, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do that. Trump's mismanagement helped fuel coronavirus crisis. This isn't true. So if we're going to talk about data and the importance of data and the importance of facts, the media that keeps telling us about science and how Trump or, or Mike Pence don't believe in science, they're not actually following the truth. They don't care about what they said just a month ago. As long as they can hurt politically, they'll do it. And the problem is they say it so often people start believing it, like this whole hoax line. They start believing that Trump said coronavirus was a hoax when he didn't. This is the stuff. When you talk about the importance of podcasts, the importance of talk radio, the importance of new media and actually social media, it's to be able to refute this garbage nonsense that's going on out there. And people, even if you disagree with, with, with me politically or you disagree with Trump or you don't like to do whatever the case may be, that, that's totally fine. Disagreements amongst rational people happen constantly. You're supposed to discuss things. But we're not we're not even discussing the same thing if we can't admit as, as clear as day that Trump's moves from the beginning uh, were valuable moves, that the people who hated Trump were opposed to it because they just oppose him more than they care about people's health. And now that coronavirus is spreading in, in the United States, certainly not to the extent uh, that it has in, in China or South Korea or Italy, uh, etc., they're like, oh, well, you see, he, he didn't move fast enough, even though they were already yelling at him a month ago for moving too fast. Well, and I re- the- <laughs> I reject the whole premise that we need to act hand in hand with the Chinese regime when their exactly. hand isn't being reached out as honest brokers acknowledging what's going on in their own country. It's, it's really hard to work hand in hand with a regime that has done everything they can to hide the effect of the virus in their country. So uh, there, there's that. But then I think there is a danger. There have been some right wing media outlets who have have tried to downplay this and not maybe act like they aren't taking it as seriously. I think we've been very honest throughout the, the, the whole outbreak and. And, and during this show, saying, well, listen, this needs to be taken seriously. Uh, people are, are going to get sick, especially if you have a, a compromised immune system, and they're, 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 they're going to die from this. But we need to push back against the, the, the notion. We need to have a, a nationwide panic over this. Take it seriously. Like we said before, wash your hands, limit your interaction with people as best you can, but live your life. And if, and if you're told to stay home, stay home. And the same guy who wrote the article, Dan Diamond is his name, Trump's mismanagement helped fuel coronavirus. This guy, a month ago, I'm sorry, more than a month ago, January 31st, at Politico, Dan Diamond, you know what the headline is? 
White House dramatically scales up U.S. response to unprecedented coronavirus. <laughs> so which is it? Man, life comes at you fast. Right? Is, is what it is. And the, the answer is we know which one it is. And this is why it's exhaust. You understand this is, this is the stuff that makes people say I'm voting for Trump no matter what. They, yes. they don't care that he'll, he'll say something and be like, yeah, all the tests are out there. Right. So people are all over Trump because he said, you know, we've got we've got beautiful tests, which is literally what he said, which is nuts. Right. Uh, And he's like, if you want tests, you can get the test. It was the vice president who said your test has to be authorized or or, or, or ordered by a medical doctor. And people are like, oh, you see, it's 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 missteps and it's miscommunication between the uh, all around the administration. I don't know if that's necessarily miscommunication, but I would say to Trump. You got to make sure you're speaking very, very clearly in these cases because people do get themselves freaked out and media is adding to that freak out. And I think that you should be doing uh, things from the Oval uh, to, to let people know what's happening. Certainly, you're seeing the daily press conferences from Pence and from uh, Jerome Adams, the Surgeon General, from uh, people from the from NIH, National Institutes of Health and what have you. But and that and that is worthwhile. But man. This guy just went through and found all the all the stories that were flat out li- the lying that's taking place now because they think it can hurt politically. And if you want to hurt people politically, uh, and and therefore actually have Americans be hurt, and you think that helps you politically and and hurts your opponent politically, man, that that's that's sicker than than I want. I don't I can't have you running a country because well, what you're telling me is propaganda is good. As long as it gets me what I want, you're saying that the ends justify the means. And I'm sorry, I can't. Not only can I not have you in in, in elected office, I can't have you in my house. Right. You're not welcome. It's a hell of a corner to paint yourself in where you're rooting for people to get sick if you think it helps you politically. Exactly. Exactly. It's madness. By the way, Fanimation, fantastic sponsor, Fanimation. Dot com ceiling fans. Uh, I will be redoing my deck in, in uh, hopefully it'll be uh, this year and putting in a, a, a gazebo, putting in like a, like a, like a pergola system. And my, my Fanimation fan will sit uh, right there. These are ceiling fans, indoor and outdoor LED lighting, whisper quiet. These motors are amazing and totally customizable to whatever blade configuration you're looking for to make your room look fantastic uh they do great work over at fanimation and you should have a fanimation fan not only in one room of your home but in every room of your home the people at blend bar cigar use fanimation fans in all their locations in nashville in pittsburgh and houston and indianapolis to move the air if they if they trust fanimation so can you tell them you heard about it on the eat drink smoke podcast fanimation.com uh, uh your your uh your, your drink there your 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 coffee uh, liqueur how's that how's that treat it's gone <laughs> it's gone, and I, I'm going to cure for coronavirus. Coffee liquor. I, well, I'm telling you, I've, I've talked to many people who are who left CPAC who were sick, and it was all hot toddies all the time. Uh, I did read a piece, uh, and I unfortunately I don't have it in front of me of uh, a person who was uh, uh, a professor from Great Britain who was at a school in the Wuhan. Was it the province or was it the town? Where all this, this uh, so, so Wuhan is the town. It's yeah. the Hubei province. Hubei H-U-B-E-I. province. Well, he was teaching in uh, Wuhan, and he he got the coronavirus, and he broke it down how over two weeks how it affected him. It killed his kitten. Uh, and, Holy cow! Oh yeah, really? it was a whole thing where he said, "Listen, it it is 
it is uh, nothing to joke about. It he he got it. He felt like he had the flu. He would get up to walk to his bathroom, and he would be winded just making the trip from his bed to the bathroom. Um, and it, it was a, 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 he felt like it was a really bad case of the flu. But he said one of the things that got him through was hot toddies. So uh, maybe a run to the liquor store at the very least. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's why you need those delivery services. Why is Drizzly not a sponsor of this podcast? <laughs> that's a good question. What the hell, man? What does a guy have to beg? Dear God, Can, will will Uber Eats do it for you? Just one of these groups. This is the podcast you want to be a part of. What does it take? Yeah, and, and, and again with the economic uh, ramifications of this, when are these delivery services going to stop delivering? Is that going to happen? Are you going to have people saying, you know what, I don't, I don't really think it's a good idea for me to go door-to-door delivering things? So pizza delivery? Grubhub? DoorDash? Mm-hmm. Oh, dear God. I mean, we already have enough people attacking the gig economy, like in California, through that thing called AB5, ab5facts.com. And uh, Biden just came out to say that he supports AB5. AB5 oh. ends the gig economy. So if you have a side gig like in catering or you're like a side gig as a DJ or a side gig as a writer, it puts an end to all of that. It, it's it's just it's it's an economy killer. And people in California are up in arms about this. And Biden's like, oh, yeah, I, I think I think it's a great idea. And These House people don't know anything about and economics. federally. There is a House version of that that has already passed. The, yeah, the it's House. called the PRO Act. So make sure your senator is not in favor of the PRO Act because it'll end it'll end the side hustle you have. It ends the side business. And there's a whole the, – the desire is they want everyone to be a W-2 employee and then they want all those employees to be unionized. So that's what, that's what this whole thing is. It's a push to, to unionization because people are leaving unions and private sector and public sector all over uh, the, the, the place, which is really you know the fault of, of union leadership. That doesn't really seem to worry too much about a rank and file members. Right. And by the way, you on know? a side note, I don't know if you saw this this week. You know, there has been uh, a huge scandal in the United Auto Workers where there have been several high ranking officials in the UAW um, who have been arrested for a, a number of, of things. Uh, there is now serious talk that the federal government is going to take over the United Auto Workers. Uh, so there. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Yes. Yeah. The there there is serious talk that the, the the feds may have to come in and take over the UAW like they did, I believe, with the Teamsters, uh, what a few decades ago. Uh, the the there is this notion in the private sector that union mem- because union membership is down that their reach uh, isn't what it was, and while that is true in the private sector, in state houses across the country union lobbying efforts are as strong if not stronger than they ever have been and and with evidence what's going on in in california so people need to pay attention to what is being lobbied at the, at their legislators because this this gig economy bill is an absolute killer and we've known we know people what this is for a lot of us, this is our gig. This is, you know, the, we've got content providers who write for websites that have seen their business drop off 50% because they live in California. If this goes to yeah. a national level, this 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 is terrible. The the effect on on the gig economy will 
It's not being talked about on a national level, but it needs to be talked about. A lot of people are just saying this is California. No, if you don't pay attention to what's going on, and it, you know, right now we're we're fortunate that we have a Republican Senate and we have a Republican president, a Republican who would, would veto this, but. Next year, who knows what could happen? So we, you, everybody see, needs to keep paying attention that, to this. That if, if, if because of the letter after your name, you are in favor of this, this is it's bad for people in your district, right? All politics are local. So how do you come to the, you? That's that is ideology totally dominating who you are. Uh, that you can't see that this hurts the people of your district. But the money must be good in terms of donations, all right, or contributions, uh, and and the ideology must be. It, it, it's only proof that it's so rabid. It yeah. hurts your. It hurts the people who live where you represent. Well, and it, all, there, all politics are local is the, is the name of the game, and somehow it's not applying here. And there are leftists who are being awakened by this. You, our good friend Kira Davis over at Red State lives in California, and she's leading the charge against AB five. Right, and she has talked to artists who are being affected by this and saying, "Well, this isn't what I voted for," and yeah. so you would hope that this could be. On the grassroots level, something much like criminal justice reform that could unite people on the left and the right and say, well, whoa, you guys are going way too far with this. This is this is affecting a lot of people and you need to step this back. And then it's just will the these politicians, these office holders listen to their constituents or will they continue to toe the line of the, of the, the union lobbyists? So that right there is Fingers Malloy and he is under a self-imposed quarantine. <laughs> What are you going to do with yourself this week? What's the, what's the plan? What, is, uh, what does it look like? I'm going to uh, eat. I, I'm going to drink. <laughs> I'm going to smoke. I got a nice little party porch. I haven't checked the seven-day forecast, but I will either be in uh, my, my studio uh, catching up on some work that uh, has been put off for a while, uh, and I'm going to do my best to stay away from everyone until Saturday. And as long as I don't talk myself into uh, having a sore throat and <laughs> respiratory problems, I I am not at all worried. From what I've heard so far, uh, what happened at CPAC, I, I, I don't believe I caught it there. <laughs> uh, so, But like you brought up earlier in, in the show here, Heck, we've been all over the place in public in the last couple of weeks. It may not have been at CPAC. We could have run into someone. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in lockdown. What are you gonna do? Oh please, what am I gonna do? I've got I've got shows to do. I've got uh, a life to lead. Are you gonna I, I, Are you gonna go I, in public? Well, I assume I'm gonna get the phone call tomorrow. Yeah. And the answer is, the answer is I I don't have any reason not to go out in public. There's nothing that actually says. That I am a, I am a problem. Right. That one person in a group of you called it twenty thousand. I'll take your your word for it on the numbers. Um, has had an issue is is not indicative that I'm going to have an issue, and I have no reason to to think otherwise. I'm going to respect uh, the employer that where you know where I work for the morning show and and not uh, and not come in. But uh, you know I'll do the show from here. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna freak myself out. I just. And I'm not going to prevent myself from 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 doing things, or or going to grab a bite to eat, or or anything else like it. If I had a a hint of a symptom, I wouldn't do anything. Right. I would not go anywhere. I would not do anything. Uh, but I don't have a hint of a of of a symptom, and I I can't 
I can't abide the argument that, well, you know, to be safe, if I'm not going to uh, the station, all right, I'll, I'll be here. My going out and interactions with people will be limited anyway. Um, and I, and by the way, I don't mind the idea of self-quarantine, of people being like respectful and people being proactive. Uh, I just, I, it, it leads to panic and panic is dumb and has no place, uh, uh, for us. So, uh, um, like, like if I, if I go to your place and smoke cigars with you on the patio all day, yeah. Like, is that is that is that bad? No. Like, am I not allowed to do that? No, you're fine. And, and, and I, I would handle it exactly how you are handling it right now. If I hadn't have made that phone call and had a, a, a that medical... phone call is going to be made to me tomorrow. Right. I, I if I hadn't right? have made that call and they had if they hadn't have said to me, listen, you need to self quarantine. I would be going about my business and I would be hitting the hand sanitizer, washing my hands, not shaking hands with people and keeping my distance as much as I in, can. But still in living the meantime, my life. in the meantime, things are getting can- South by Southwest got canceled. Oh, can you imagine the economic? I mean, the amount of I don't know what the economic impact is uh, for Austin, but I mean, thousands and thousands of people show up for tens of millions of dollars if not hundreds of millions of dollars i've been to south by southwest a couple times it's an amazing amazing event and hundreds of millions of dollars it's just absolute it's going to be brutal brutal expect expect some bad economic numbers uh for a while but we'll get into that uh, another time fingers malloy fingers is where you find him find me tony katz.com on facebook tony katz radio instagram and twitter uh tony katz my thanks to fanimation fanimation.com uh for uh loving the people in self-imposed quarantine uh they are <laughs> they are they are amazing amazing uh people uh we expect to be back next week that's <laughs> start doing push-ups now fingers maybe from the party porches who knows? Oh, God. most probably. <laughs> most of probably. Fingers Malloy. I'm Tony Katz. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>